From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And uh, good tonight to have our producer and co-host back. We uh, good to be back. We missed you last week. Mm. You had a great show last week. Yes, but it was, it was mayhem. It, it was. Oh, no, things flying was, around the what, room. Uh, it was total chaos. It was a wonderful show. That engineer was pretty pathetic there on the board. <laughs> I don't know where they got that <laughs> dude, but uh, it was, yeah. uh, it was just, it. but Tom Chagnon mm. brought, uh, you know, brought, brought a steady hand and calmed things down. And uh, Jim, yeah, do you know yeah. Tom? No. Oh, you uh, need wonder- to meet this man. He's he is, wonderful. He is wonderful. Oh. Uh, superintendent of the uh, Stanislaus County Office of Education. Oh, and and uh, just a wonderful brother it's a in the Lord. And, oh, yeah. But uh, what a wonderful history. The mm-hmm. man, uh, he, he was actually drafted out of uh, Stanford University and uh, was drafted by the Houston Astros. Oh, really? And uh, mm-hmm. played uh, for their organization very quickly because he was a fireballer or left-hand pitcher mm-hmm. and immediately tore a tendon. Oh, no. And his career was over. But uh, he went back to uh, to school. I think he had a couple of master's degrees, if I remember correctly. And and uh, God just led him uh, into some wonderful positions and now has him at, at the helm of our county wow. schools. God and, had plans. Uh, you know how wonderful. often it is that we feel like our life is over mm-hmm. because the plan that we have suddenly changes, like as a pitcher, suddenly yeah. being right. injured, not right. being able to pitch, and all of a sudden life is over. Often in that weakness is where God actually, and we may not even realize it's happening. He's such a gentleman, Mm -hmm. but just begins to open windows that we can see if we're willing to see them. If we're looking. If we're looking. And apparently he was looking. Well, we're all lucky that he was. And and, and this man is one of those that always sees the glass half full. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, he's always Mm -hmm. positive. He's always seeing the Mm -hmm. silver lining and and always looking for what God is doing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's, it's why he is where he he is today. And and the whole broadcast was about choosing civility, which is now a major thrust that he has launched throughout the county. And uh, anyway, it was a great broadcast. By the way, if you're if you're listening, you'd like to hear that broadcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's lessons learned that you can use wherever you are around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to our blog site at lighthouselive.blogspot.com. You love saying that. I do. It, it just do it reminds again. me of... It's a mouthful. Blogspot. <laughs> it just sounds like a... Well, it's like... It's- 
you know, have you, have you driven, driven through? Klingon. Yeah. Klingon language. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> driven, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Here's how you see it all. Here's block spot. <laughs> like uh, you ever driven through New Mexico at night? Uh-huh. You know, or Arizona, New Mexico uh-huh. at night, and things go splat on your windshield. That's not a block spot. Yeah. Splat. It's like. <laughs> well, anyway, exactly. it's like. <laughs> it's. Uh, you don't even have to do www. It's lighthouselive.blogspot.com and uh, check that choose civility. And tonight, tonight it's the doctor is in again. Yes. Dr. Uh, Jim My Henman pleasure. with us. Oh. And uh, always fun when, mm-hmm. when uh, Jim is with us. And, and uh, of course, uh, with us as well, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl as Indeed. well. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to probe some more depths of wonderful things like that in just a couple of minutes, some, some more nuggets. Let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. Scotland, 1551. The state-sanctioned church insists 82-year-old Walter Milne be burned as a heretic. Still, many hearts are moved by his impassioned courtroom testimony. Local merchants even refuse to supply rope and tar for the execution. As the flames take his life, Milne cries out, Pray, people, while there is time. Milne's legacy is stunning. Authorities saw how the death of this heretic actually draws many people to Jesus. So since that day, no one has been put to death for their faith in all of Scotland. For more from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.net. Now I want you to keep that broadcast in mind because right now I want, to li- I want you to listen to Brad Dacus in the Pacific Justice Net. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. In California, the voters passed a constitutional amendment to define marriage as between one man and one woman. Known as Proposition 8, a federal judge in San Francisco recently overturned the vote of the people and declared the measure unconstitutional. Filing friend-of-the-court briefs supporting court-mandated homosexual marriage is the California Teachers Association and the NAACP. Well, Pacific Justice Institute reminds us that the majority of these group's members favored Prop 8. If you also clash with your union leadership, contact PJI for union dues opt-out information. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. Now, I just want you to juxtapose those those two for a minute and and think of the themes you know and and i am not a conspiracy guy all right and i I don't see demons behind every bush and, and you know that sort of thing but when we start talking about the government intrusion into our lives here in scotland the man is put to death even though the people around him, the merchants who are supposed supposed to supply the rope to hang him, or the or the rope to tie him while they burned him in the in the kindling wood to burn him, even though the merchants were reluctant to supply that because they felt he was a, a righteous man, the government put this man to death. Here's Prop Eight. The people say no. Marriage should be between a man and a woman. And yet the government turns around and says, no, no, we're going to do it our way. 
I'm just saying we need to keep this in mind and and elect people who will get the government out of our lives, for goodness sakes. All right, I'm done. <clears throat> I'm yes, done. Yes, I'm absolutely. done. By the way, yes. the other thing in there about the... I got one more thing to say. But wait, there's more. You see, you go away for a week, and what happens? <laughs> Pastor Mike just goes <laughs> way <laughs> off. You know, it's okay. Yeah, so the, it's the union thing. And, and, and that's a very good point that Brad Dacus brought up, mm. because uh, when I was in the fire service, you had to be part of the union i mean that you know it's that's part of your part of your job you know. <laughs> but i was i used to be very upset about things that the union was supporting because it didn't align with my faith and what i believed and and the you know you what's know. so funny about that is it's called intolerant if you disagree with someone's position and yet, if you have your own position, then it proves, if it's different than mine, that you are, whether it's a bigot or a, you know, whatever label, <coughs> fill in the blank as far as the label. Out of healthy disagreement comes greater understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. This gets back to the civility and that we were talking about uh, yes. before That's the, right. before That's the right. exchange. Mm-hmm. That's right. Last thought about the union. Mm-hmm. If you are a member of a union and you don't like how your dues are being used, you do have the right to address that. And I didn't know that. And here I was not speaking up because I thought, well, I, this is just the way it is. But, you know, you can contact the Pacific Justice Institute at pacificjustice.org on the website, and they have a little section there. And, and again, I'm not not demeaning the unions here. I'm just saying that... You know, sometimes the the group that you're part of may be doing some things that you don't think is right with your money, and you have the right to to address that. The irony is that diversity, which is such at the very core of of what they're proposing, does not include those that happen to believe in the God of gospel. Hmm. That's not diversity. That's bigotry. That's bigotry, yeah. Yeah, isn't it interesting how the evil one has allowed those redefinitions uh, to to occur? And definitions are important. <clears throat> they are. Yes. We probably ought to get to the. I'm, I'm ready to jump you know in what? the gym I, here. I, I'm, we, we got warmed you up hold me back before we came second, on the air. But you got so, some things about well, serving. Well, we do, here. and that's okay. that's uh, that's also why why we are here. So let's take a quick look at this because we and want we missed to that get, last week. We want, well, you know what? Because your substitute was a real I have to dud, say, I last mean. week was probably one of the best shows that I have ever heard here on Lighthouse Live. I, I, I must say that. So I, I just encourage well, we, anyone we to listen. We, you were greatly uh, missed. Well, yeah, so. I, I very much enjoyed listening to the show on civility and would encourage, uh, if you haven't listened to it, to listen to it. And I know Jim wants to listen to it as well. <laughs> so let's take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way because the Salvation Army Red Shield Center needs volunteers for their community Thanksgiving dinner coming up, and that is this Friday, November 19th at 5.30 p.m. They need you uh, to come and help serve dinner and clean up between 4 and 7.30. You mean a week from this Thursday is Thanksgiving? Yes, it is already, and aren't we glad? It's one of our favorite times. As you get older, Mike, it goes faster. It Thank you for that, that reminder. That and the AARP card, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm now 63. Trust yeah. me, I know what 
I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what, Jim? You don't. Uh, you know, you are. You look wonderful. Well, you absolutely you. do. And don't change your prescription on your glasses. <laughs> I do need to have them looked at. However, uh, volunteers are needed. Monetary donations as well. Non-perishable canned foods and rolls are needed and appreciated. Uh, Salvation Army Red Shield Center, a wonderful place to volunteer, is also Christian-based community center for people of all ages whose purpose is to provide positive character-building activities by offering educational, recreational, social, and spiritual programs. Uh, Wonderful people over there. Holiday activities, Alzheimer's affiliates of Stanislaw County, 23rd annual holiday poinsettia sale, offering beautiful uh, quality poinsettias and delivery service to the public uh, to raise funds for program services to our community. Um, and if you want to get involved with this, we encourage that. Volunteers ages 18 years and up are needed December 1st through the 15th uh, to deliver these beautiful uh, arrangements to businesses and private residents throughout our county. Uh, volunteer drivers must have their own vehicle, a current California driver's license, and insurance. If you get lost, you can call Elaine and she'll give you directions. <laughs> you just had to throw that in there, didn't you? You might wind up in Idaho. She's Who like, knows? I am, huh? Deliver potatoes. <laughs> Alzheimer's affiliates of Stanislaw We're related, you know that? <laughs> Alzheimer's affiliates of Stanislaw County providing supportive services and educational programs to Alzheimer's victims and their family members and caregivers in the community. Another wonderful service. You know, we have so many partners in this community, just wonderful, and we just enjoy that so much. The Friends of the Modesto Library. Here's to our heroes. Reading saves the day. A great theme. Book Fair will be held uh, starting this week, November 17th through the 20th at the Modesto Library Auditorium, and the public is invited. Uh, The three-day event promotes family literacy through the sale of new high-quality, low-cost books for children and teens, while generating books and funds to support the mission and programs of the Modesto Library. Now, as part of this literacy effort, the book fair will include wish list of books that shoppers can buy for local youth service organizations, including Children's Crisis Center, another partner, a family literacy program of the Stanislaw Literacy Center, Haven Women's Center, yes, Hutton House, uh, Parent Resource Center, the Redwood Family Center, and Sierra Vista Child, Sierra Vista Child and Family Services. Now, volunteers ages 18 years and older are needed to uh, direct the shoppers to those wish lists and then to help the shoppers as cashiers. So these are just a few of the opportunities that you have uh, to volunteer in our area. And if you have any questions on these um, opportunities, you can call Barbara Borba. She's at 209 524-1307, extension 113, or you can email her. She likes that, too, at bborba at uwaystan.org. You know, in reading, is it, it's becoming a lost art. Yeah, you know, I was Isn't thinking, uh, as she was saying that, is how cool they're actually having books. A- absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I, I know gift. many That's of my wonderful gift. pastor friends have the Bible on, on their little Palm mm-hmm. thing or their iPhone, and and I do too because I want a quick reference. Mm-hmm. But there's something about <clears throat> in a book, the Bible, whatever it is, having it in front of you, mm-hmm. tangible, tangible, you know, and, and you see the page, and and you Touchy can feet. write mm-hmm. in it, and yes. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think for parents, important for us to have our children see us read, exactly, right? You know, that, 
the way you said that, Mike, is so important. We, we often teach our kids not by what we say to them, but what we do. Yes. You know, we may say, you go read, you go read, you go read. If we never pick up a book, That's right. what we're showing them is it's something they have to do till they're old enough, and then they don't have to. Yeah. One of the first things I did, and I, and you know, of course, you went through a doctoral program, and, and uh, I'm sure you had this uh, to the nth degree, but after I finished my master's, one of the first things I did was <coughs> I went and got a Tom Clancy book and just oh, read sure. for read fun. Read for fun. <laughs> I did several years of just reading because yeah. you had to, and then just to read for fun yes. was, was Isaac a really Isaac Asimov. Cool thing. Uh, okay. Got me through my first year. Is that right? Psycho Psycho History, uh, his series of uh, is that right? Of books were just wow. just escape, yeah. just yeah, wonderful yeah. escape. That's right. We have a, a few needs. Have you guys noticed it's cold outside or getting colder outside? I should say, especially at night. We need blankets and space heaters. So if any of you dear friends out there have those kinds of things to donate, give us a call at 209-544-9571, and we'll get those items to the homes where they are needed. We also need a gas cooking stove for a family in need of that item. Please make sure that it is in good working condition. We'll pick it up and deliver it. Also, we need an extra wide wheelchair. There's a man who's about six feet tall, and to me, anything over, say, five two is tall. <laughs> anyway, and uh, he needs an extra wide wheelchair. Okay, enough said there. And we need a bicycle and queen-size beds, twin-size beds, those types of things. We need two vacuum cleaners. One is for a West Side ministry where women reside, and another is for a family just moving here from another country. Our contact person on that, Pastor Mike, is Amanda from Phoenix. And so uh, if you have any of these items, dear friends, please phone us at 209-544-9571, and we will uh, get those items connected. And uh, before we go on, I just want to thank uh, one of our partners, uh, Steve Trapp, who uh, produced the Veterans Day program at the Gallo Center here in town oh. last Thursday. And here at ABC, we have the privilege of being a partner mm-hmm. in, in putting that show on every year. And it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, some great <clears throat> great music, some great tributes, and but most of all, honoring our veterans. Yes. And uh, we want to thank Steve because it takes a lot out. It's a volunteer effort mm-hmm. for him. It takes mm-hmm. a lot out of his uh, out of his life, you know, to produce that. And next year will be the final one that he's going to oh, produce, really? probably oh. that ABC will produce as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it'll be uh, wonderful. But again, our, our salute to all those uh, veterans, including our uh, prayer intercessor, uh, the inimitable Mr. Owl. And, and you know, John our freedom Engel is not well. free. People have great paid price. a great price. Just like Amen. when God <laughs> gave us the grace of the cross, it wasn't free. That's mm. right. We didn't pay for it. But it was paid for. After the fall in the garden, you know, Mm -hmm. work and sacrifice just seemed to be part of it. As much as we would sometimes like to remove those elements, it's it's part of our human DNA. Well, once we had the knowledge of good and evil introduced, it it, it transformed everything. Mm. Everything was transformed by that introduction. 
Well, dear friends, if you've just tuned in, uh, you're in for a treat tonight because the doctor is in with us uh, this week, and uh, we're actually going to be doing a double session with uh, Jim Hinman, uh, psychologist, coach, author, and friend uh, tonight. And uh, Jim, you are just like the resident doctor, as we say here, and we're just so blessed to have you with us tonight. And questions uh, tonight, Jim. We're, we're looking at some questions. First of all, it's okay for us to be curious, isn't it? Without curiosity, you're not alive. Mm. You know, you can be in coma and not have curiosity. But if you're alive and you don't have curiosity, you're actually in coma even though you're walking. Mm. So the, the age-old parent retort because I said so, that's why. Kind of. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you heard, heard that before? Yeah, all, like all my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of squashes that process, doesn't it? Yeah. There are times mm-hmm. when a child's starting to run out in the street where there's issues of safety sure. that that authority needs to be, um, I hate to say absolute, but but, but needs to be, uh, needs to be, period. Oh. But But so much of the time, it's not an issue of safety. It's an issue of convenience. Mm-hmm. And where it really comes in, if you notice a lot of times with parents that get to that point of because I said so, it's because as the conversation unfolds, the child has gone from conversation to badgering. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because the child thinks if I push hard enough, then I will get what I want. And instead of dealing with that process in a healthy, direct way, a civil way, civility. Yes, yes. Instead of a proactive way of saying, okay, now let me see. Tell me again exactly what you want in your point. And you get the child to really say what their point is. Okay, now, and feed it back. Now, this is your point. Yeah. Well, the answer is no. I mean, if if the answer is no, the answer is no. If you let the child keep harassing you and and going over and over the same thing, you finally do get to the point that you say, because I said so. Well, and that becomes a different issue, doesn't it? A very different issue. It is issue. not the original issue we were it, talking not, about. Not it's the all. issue of badgering. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, questioning our parents, mm-hmm. don't most of us do that? I mean, is that natural? Would it be you know, normal to say that's a natural thing. I mean, did you ever look at your parents and say, why was I born? You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. does that equate or can we kind of relate that to questioning God? And Because we just mm-hmm, before the mm-hmm, broadcast, mm-hmm. Jim, we were talking about doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we do doubt God sometimes. Well, unlike parents, God is not insecure. Hmm. See, when, when, when we're questioned, it's our insecurity, it's our ego that gets inflamed. Not, not reality, our ego. Because we're not our ego. Our new nature is not our old nature. And our old nature is the source of ego. And of course, along with that comes that, again, knowledge of good and evil, which I mm-hmm. keep yeah. hammering away at. You know, so it's, it's God wants us to build relationship. And you can't do that without questioning, without doubting, without being upset. If you can't bring your upset to God, then how can you have a relationship with him? 
Well, in that, in that process, too, builds relationship. It does. You know, and, and I think sometimes we miss that in our in our busyness. And I, I we as pastors, I think, can be most guilty of that many times is we allow the the outside needs to encroach upon our families. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing ministry, so that's a good no. There are boundaries, mm-hmm. and you know, it often told the story about Josh McDowell. You know, uh, telling me to remember that my family is my first ministry, and everything else comes after that. Wise man, he is. Man. Yeah. If you don't take care of that which is closest, then you're going to take care of that which is more important badly. Mm. Could you badly. say that again? That I'm not was sure if really I could. <laughs> Profound. Enough. If you're not yes. taking care of your family, is the closest. Mm-hmm. Yes. The family sees you with gunja breath, with your hair a mess, with 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 coffee breath. You're not a prophet at home. Yes. You're never a prophet at home. Right. You may be a prophet in your ministry. You may be a prophet in your profession, but you're never a prophet at home. Whatever you get from home comes because of who you are, mm, mm. truly. Yes. And and if you aren't taking care of business at that level, you really can't take care of business on a macroscopic, at a large-scale mission or profession. Well, that, that kind of brings to mind... Marriage, uh, same way. Paul's admonitions in First Timothy 3 and, and Titus 1. You know, about the qualifications for elders when he's mm-hmm. talking about, you know, if you can't manage, and I, and I think we twist that, mm-hmm. managing your own home. I think this is the kind of stuff he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you can't relate at home to your spouse and your children, I, mean, I don't think he was talking about perfection. Paul, of all people, understood that we are not how perfect, flawed. Right. how flawed right. we are. But I think, I think... Um, you know, what he might have been alluding to is that very thing that, man, if, if you're neglecting your family, uh, then, then your relationship with well, the body of Christ when is going to be. When you're neglecting your family, you're neglecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, if, if you're, if you're not, if you don't realize that your family is a part of you, it's an, it, it's, it's a, it's a part of you. If you're not paying attention to your family, you're not paying attention to the core of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's that relational core that God wants to live in. Invites, wants to be invited into. And I think that's such a key thing right there, Jim, that you hit on. Because I think a lot of people that we deal with mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. Mike, John, myself, struggle with that balance mm-hmm. of the family and the job mm-hmm. or the school mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is that mm-hmm. they're doing in their lives, um, balance that balance act. Mm-hmm. And when things aren't going right and things go all crazy and sideways, what's going wrong and how can mm-hmm. I get this balance act, you know, mm-hmm. back into balance? I mean, Jesus yep. was so mm-hmm. balanced here on this mm-hmm. earth and he mm-hmm. is, and you know, he's perfect and we are so not. Mm-hmm. What can you what words of wisdom and nuggets can you share on that? And let me, let me pick a piggyback on that because we, we talk a lot about noticing. Right, right. All right. So let's maybe incorporate that. Maybe noticing that, you know what? 
I'm not giving the family the time mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. needs. I'm giving the outside world mm-hmm. that's banging on my door eight right. hours a day more more time. It's sometimes easier to see when we're not giving it to our family to see that we're not giving it to ourselves in a healthy way. Mm. When we're not giving it to ourselves in a healthy way and we're not giving it to our families, it will come out in some form of addiction. Mm. Whether addiction to drugs and alcohol, sex, pornography, work, work, um, compulsive spending, uh, it could even be a compulsion, uh, an addiction to depression or anxiety, mm. which mm. when you have certain thought patterns that are repeated over and over, they become a habit. And you can actually have a habit of depression and habit of anxiety as mm. well as any other addiction. And that's what happens if we're not taking care of that lantern of nurturing ourselves and those that we're touching most closely and then extend that out to those around us. So without becoming paranoid about it, mm-hmm. how do we healthfully start noticing if we're not used to doing it? See, that's where God's plan is so amazing to me. As a psychologist, I think God's plan is so superior for sanctification, for, for healthy change is so superior to anything psychology has ever come up with Mm. because it's so much easier than we ever could imagine. Mm. His plan is as follows. Start where you're starting in Mm. the present moment. Mm. Feel good about noticing where you're starting. And where you're at when you start. And where you're at at that Mm. starting point. And to realize that starting point is not who I am, it's where I am. It's not who I am, it's what I'm feeling. It's not who I am, it's how well I'm doing. None of those things define who I am. What defines who I am is only one thing and one thing only. And that's my becoming in Christ. Mm. Philippians 4, 6, 7... And, and following talks about that process of guarding your hearts and minds mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, 15 years into vocational ministry, I still have my arms around that completely. What does it mean to have your hearts and minds guarded in Christ Jesus? And I think this is part of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, I don't think, as Paul was writing that, he expected the church at Philippi to, to understand that perfectly, but he, he, he certainly put something very deep down there. Yeah, he did. You know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling tearful, and uh, being a recovering Vulcan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I worked long and, and hard and, and, and with great effort to be able to have tears. These are good tears. I'm mm. I'm just so touched by that notion of of the answer to the question. Mm. To, to to really allow God, Christ, the Spirit to to guard our hearts is to let him have our heart. Mm. When he has our heart, it is in good hands. Yes. If we have it in our own hands, we're going to screw it up. We're going to compensate for our fears. That knowledge of good and evil is going to kick in, 
and cause us to use the flashlight and be judgmental and, and intolerant of ourselves and others, and our heart will be damaged. To have our heart guarded by God is simply to let him be the possessor of our heart. Mm. It's where Paul was talking about. Of all, I'm a, I'm a bondservant of, 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 of Christ. Yes. That's yes. who I am. It's who I am is a bondservant of Christ, yeah. a voluntary servant, not forced, not a slave. Correct, yes. Voluntary, letting God have his heart, letting God have his identity, which lets us become all that we can be because God always wants what is healthiest for us. Not what we want, but what is healthiest for us. Like the, um, the example with... Uh, uh, the uh, superintendent, you know, here he's yes, got a right. an, an amazing mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 position in, in a ball team, and it's like couldn't be better. And all of a sudden, an injury seems like it's all over. There was a, a guy on uh, on the news uh, last week. He's written a book on Starbucks. Something about Starbucks. Um, I don't, not a detailed guy, but this guy had been a six figure. Um, uh, ad exec uh, marketing, big heavy mm-hmm. player had a beautiful mansion, you know all the money, all the everything, and uh, with the economy, he lost his job, lost his home. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he lost his family, mm-hmm. uh, his wife and kids, who he had not had much relationship with because he was busy working so hard to make that six sure. figure mm-hmm. salary and support that house. So fast forward now, for months he was depressed, but as the show caught up with him, he's in a little place, The whole his whole apartment's no bigger than this room. He's working at a minimum wage job. It may have been Starbucks, it may have been something else by this point. And he's realizing that his quality of life is better now with this little mm-hmm. apartment that is, by most standards, nothing. An income that is, relatively speaking, nothing. And he feels more alive, more involved, more connected, more better (laughs) than he ever did in his previous life. And there's many people that are going to find that in the the last couple of years and in the years to come. Well, our our society has been somewhat turned upside down in this kind uh, mm-hmm. of in churches and ministries as well. I mean, you're, you're looking across the board sometimes at a thirty percent cut, thirty five percent cut in giving and that sort of thing. We just mentioned, uh, you know, a very well known church and uh, you know that that is going into uh, bankruptcy and and you know forty some million dollars in in uh, in debt and, and such. And it it really comes back to, Jim, allowing God to set the priorities Mm -hmm. and to be okay with where he has us Mm -hmm. at the moment. See, that's why it's so important to be able to argue with him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why it's so important to be able to question him. It's so important to be able to, to be confused by his guidance. Because if you aren't free to be confused... Then you're you're swallowing it whole. You're not digesting it. God doesn't want robots because He knows right. how we feel yeah. and how we question and how we 
we struggle with those those things anyway. And so by by being able to question and interact with God in his guidance, then we have a true buy-in. Same with our own children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If our children can't have their own ideas respectfully Mm -hmm. expressed, I'm not in favor of parent abuse, (laughs) but but respectfully Mm. to have questioning and differences, without that, you don't get the buy-in. Without the buy-in, it's a mechanical thing, and when crisis hits, it disintegrates, and you're left high and dry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are asking some of your questions as the doctor is in, and Matthew West addresses one as well in his song entitled Family Tree on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back right after this.
like the seasons change, winter into spring. You're bringing new life to your family tree now. Matthew West on Lighthouse Live. <laughs> Uh, great stuff. The doctor is in. We may not be in, but the doctor is in with Help, Pastor Mike. I can't Mike. find my headphones. <laughs> and Elaine. Where's and... the AARP when I need it? <laughs> you know, two lines uh, stick out to me in this song. He says, yesterday does not define you. Mm. And uh, that's true, isn't it, Jim? It is so true. Isn't that true? You know, I'm not my story. And, and the key is the word and, and. And I just went blank. I'm not my story. And I am absolutely blank. Fill that out for me. I'm not my story. And, oh, my story affects where I'm starting today. Start where you're starting. You just said that before the song. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and he says also, I can, speaking of God, I can break the chains that bind you. Mm -hmm. That God can. That God Mm -hmm. can break the chains that bind you. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. The Family Tree was the name of that song by Matthew West. But, you know, when we try to be God and break the chains ourselves, mm-hmm. the chains just get stronger and, and more um, impenetrable. Well, our, our, our American DNA mm-hmm. is, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps mm-hmm. and do it yourself, and I can do it, and I don't need any don't help. Don't be beholden to nobody. Don't be beholden no to how. nobody. <laughs> no how. No way. Don't need uh, any help. It is, is not... And I think the the Eastern cultures maybe have a better take on that, uh, but I, you know, I, that really runs counter to the way God does things, doesn't it? You know, God is neither East or West, mm. because in the East, you're sort of, for the most part, you're born into a life that's prescribed, mm. and the idea yeah. of wanting out of that in any way of changing or or improving isn't even necessarily uh, acceptable to consider. Everything is for the group. Everything is for the, for the clan, for the country, for the group. And here we are in the United States, independent and self-sufficient and neurotic, depressed, and anxious at the lack of connectedness at the core. Independence does not lead to connectedness. And, interdependence. And, and we were created for relationship. For interdependent relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. To be dependent on God and to allow him to live in our lives with us and for us and through us. Vertically mm-hmm. with God and horizontally. He, mm-hmm. he did not create us. I mean, you look at the definition mm-hmm. of the body of Christ and, and how that was all mm-hmm. set up. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was designed to be a relational mm-hmm. pool of believers, you know, right. and uh, I think we we often, or we either miss that or we have the phony relationships. Yeah. On the one hand, if, if, if you're so, quote, positive that everything is positive and the glass is full when it's in fact empty or the glass is full when it's in fact half, it's a distortion. Mm -hmm. That's not positive. That's a distortion. To see it half full when it's half, that's accuracy. Have, Have you ever run into a believer, you know, and, and how's your day going? How are things going? And you say, you know, I'm just, 
worn out today mm-hmm. or I, I've just had it. Mm-hmm. And they come back with some proof text verse mm-hmm. and slap you with it. Yeah. And I, yes. that does so much damage. It's well, not it's the not, proper it's not use God's of scripture. Style and no, nature. it's not. Yeah. It's, it, the whole thing is we, we go for his name without having his nature and style at the very center of it. And that just kind of it, right. deletes uh, mm-hmm. everything, doesn't it? You, know, you were talking uh, when you were, just before we got onto this, the, that feeling of community mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. comes to mind. Yes. It's so, so important. And Jim, you hit on the word depression. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to be depressed? I get that a lot. Well, actually, it's an interesting question because now there is physiologic elements that often are a part of depression, the lower serotonin, lower norepinephrine, the neurotransmitters in the brain. There's physical changes that happen as depression progresses. But actually depression itself, which then can compound with biochemical changes, is actually blocking the feelings that we have. Back in the 60s, it was... Depression was seen as anger turned inward. And, and a lot of times anger may be one of the feelings that's being blocked. But to say, is it wrong to be depressed? So I have to stop being depressed. It would be the implication of the question. Would compound it because the depression in the first place is the lack of grace to see what you're feeling in the first place. Well, and it's not a performance issue, it's I think, in God's eyes. It's, no. it's what is... Mm-hmm. Right. It's, so it, it's what is. It is what is. So it's not mm-hmm. anger, and it's not what. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. What do you say to that? Well, the, the, I think the thing is that with that lantern, with that, the eyes and, and style and nature of God, to look at what I'm feeling, it may not be very quote Christian. I remember in the Fool for God, uh, one of the things I was talking about is the day. I think it was the day of the talk and. I couldn't find some things that I was just, I was just beside myself. And at that moment, you know, if you, that's a multiple, multiple personal, uh, multiple person disorder, right? Being beside yourself. And and noisy and, and, and kind (laughs) of repugnant. (laughs) (laughs) But but the fact is, Sonia was trying to be helpful. And Mm. I said, honey, I'm not safe to be around right now. (laughs) Please don't help me because I'm not safe to be around right now. I'll be okay. But right now, I'm not safe to be around. You just needed it to be I needed to be where I was with what I was doing. I was feeling what I was feeling. I was upset. It was a feeling. There's a beginning and a middle and an end to feelings. Mm. Depression is the absence of feeling. Mm. It's not sadness. And it masks masks, feelings. It masks feelings. Mm. So if, if you're... If you're feeling depressed, the first thing you want to do is feel good about noticing. And I know it sounds weird, and I get people give me the weirdest look the first five or ten times I say it to them in sessions. But to feel good about noticing right where you're starting, begin to feel whatever it is you're calling depression. Oftentimes when a person starts to do that, the first thing they feel is nothing. Okay, and they come back. I ain't feeling nothing. <laughs> nothing. Do you understand? I ain't feeling nothing. Okay, then let yourself experience feeling nothing, respectfully and gently, 
and as tenderly and with as much grace as possible, breathe into and experience that feeling of nothing. Because on the other side of that feeling is going to be the feelings that are being blocked. Wow. Another, let, let's take that a little further. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's peel the skin off the, the onion just a little bit on that. Let's say we begin to notice, mm-hmm. and, and, and we're okay and feeling good about noticing mm-hmm. uh, what's there. Does it and, mean you like what's there? Right. That's mm-hmm. important. You don't have You're, to like right. what yeah. you notice. Right. Very important. Absolutely. Perfect, because... What if we really don't like it? Can we get then get into beating ourselves up mm-hmm. over sure. what we see? Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually one of the things that often helps perpetuate anxiety and depression. Mm. Also perpetuate marital difficulties. Or whatever. And feeds into addictions. Because mm. we often don't like what we see if we see accurately where we're starting. But that's the key. Where you're starting is not who you are. Where you're starting is where you're starting. So you're going to feel badly that, you know, you know, I, you know, you've done something maybe really bad. You start by feeling good about noticing that you really feel bad about this thing. You begin to embrace that bad feeling with grace, with kindness, with God's nature. And it tends to move it toward regret, healthy regret, which is the beginning of change. Mm -hmm. If you judge it, if you condemn yourself for it, it prevents change. Someone listening might be wondering, Jim, how long does it take one to work through this stuff before they can actually implement all this stuff and get it down? Well, if you mean implement it and get it down perfectly, the answer is never. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really a key point. I know know you didn't mean that, because that's what often happens is we'll say, okay, how long does it take till I can get it right? (laughs) And that's missing the whole mark right there. You're doing it as much as you can do it. It's a it's journey. A life, it's, a journey. It? it's a lifetime it process. You know, you're as as Dr. Jim is sitting here, he's holding his his glasses in his hands, and I was just thinking, all right, so we're talking about seeing where we are through God's glasses. Mm-hmm. Absent a knowledge of Scripture, how, how do we approach? understanding or, or how, how do we uh, approach seeing ourselves through God's eyes if we really don't know a lot about him? Oh, well, that's a great, that's that a great, that's awesome a super, question. super question. I love that. And, and again, how it's answered makes all the difference in the world. If we think I have got to formula wise, performance wise, I've got to read X number of scriptures, chapters a day, and I've got to have X number of hours uh, of prayer on my knees uh, uh, with God, and, and it becomes a, a performance formula. Then we're a Pharisee. It, it becomes a Pharisee. It, it does not transform. But if instead we realize that there is this huge gift out there with our name on it, and all we have to do to find it is get to know God better. Most people would begin to want to get to know God better. 
And there's something about the work of the Holy Spirit yes. to draw in that direction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That draws us in that direction, doesn't it? Amen. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, probably the the in human terms, the most neglected person of God. You know mm-hmm. that that we it, it, either mm-hmm. we tend to obsess on the Holy Spirit, or we ignore him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's such a, a powerful element and, of God. Yes. But, you know, I'm thinking of how many people in the in the New Testament church, obviously they didn't have the New Testament to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they had the Torah, you know. And, uh, but uh, how, how dynamically the Holy Spirit works, and, and you know, even if, if we look at our world, we can sense God there. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's that that leading of God, His very gentle mm-hmm. um, embrace and and nudging us in the directions that he woos uh, us would help. To he, that's a great yes. that's mm-hmm. a great description. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we don't really have to get into the performance issue, as you say, of having to in read fact, X performance amount of is going to be. Um, I think I shared in a previous uh, time that we were together that that rules or performance is a substitute for relationship. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want a substitute. He wants relationship. Messy, awkward, clumsy, right where we're starting. He and wants the real that, deal. We're drawn toward it. We have a hunger for him. When we are respecting where we're starting, that hunger has a chance to produce motion toward him. Who was it? The first was it Saint Augustine that that first talked about the God shaped hole uh, or the void uh, in us. I, I don't remember. It's I, I way, love, way, way I love back, that description. The God shaped mm-hmm. hole inside mm-hmm. of us that mm-hmm. that we tend to try to fill with other things, mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. our, ourselves, and uh, and yet God is more than willing if we allow Him mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. pour Himself into. into but, us. And see, that's the thing. Here, God is all powerful. And yet he is absolutely dependent on our willingness to allow him to live with us and through us to help us in our lives. He's totally dependent on our willingness to do Mm. it. He will not do it in a forceful way. That's that's amazing to me to think of all powerful God absolutely stopped by my unwillingness to let him because I should do it myself. It's the design of the designer that it worked that way, isn't That's it? it? That is amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's it part really of his is. grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's such a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And it gets back to the civility you know, that we were talking about yeah. uh, right. earlier. I mean, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I was just thinking of that you know? golden rule. It's wisdom. Yeah. You know, and love God with all your heart mm-hmm. and all your mind and all your soul. If you're loving God and you're treating others as you treat yourself, and you're treating yourself as, in my case, as God's little boy, Elaine would be as his little girl, mm-hmm. you know, we are his children. Yes. And we're children at 63. My mom is 86, mm-hmm. okay? I'm a kid to her. At 63, not of my son, right. I'm probably an old geezer, <laughs> you know, but it's all relative. Yes. But in, yes. God's, yes. in God's heart, he sees us as his precious children. 
Mm-hmm. Not because of who we are, but because of him and his nature and his desire for relationship with us. You know, I, I think in our 20th and 21st century, probably more in the 20th century, uh, you know, with the scientific innovations, life got down to a formula. Mm-hmm. And formulas aren't bad. I mean, there, there are times when, yeah, they can be good. when you need formula, you know, when... When you're facing a wildfire, uh, you use formulas to figure out where it's going. Mm-hmm. You know, when when a cop is walking down a dark alley and suddenly someone pops out, the formula of his or her training pops out and, and he reacts. So there's a place for formula, mm-hmm. but there's but but we tend to crowd out uh, those places where God did not design a formula to be, well, where He designed or, His grace or to be. He did not design the formula to be a substitute ah. for the living. Hmm consciously what the formula is representing Mm, mm, because it's always representing the formula is always if it's god's formula it's representing relationship Mm, mm. and if you stay with the formula i can take a hint (laughs) Uh, no i i you know formula i have another formula and and uh my formula would be uh you ain't going nowhere (laughs) bad grammar but are we out of time already we are but we're gonna get another dose of gym because the doctor's gonna be in for a while dear friends we thank you and we thank dr jim we thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed it and there's there's lots more to come so uh, we look forward to you listening to more of lighthouse live here with us may god continue to bless you.